Open your Bibles to the book of Mark, please, the fourth chapter, and you can read along with me if you would like the first 20 verses. So, Lord God, open our hearts to your word that, that we would receive, Lord, and, and be made better. Amen. And again he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea, then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on the good ground, and yield a crop, yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that, Seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn, and their sins be forgiven them. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes, Satan immediately, and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who, when they heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, Accept it and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Let's turn to Acts 17. Entitled this morning's message, God's Word, Our Heart and Mind. So if your heart were a field, what kind of soil would it be? 
You think that's a good, honest question to ask? Sometimes we need to be brutally honest. How do we receive the word of God? Where is our heart? What is our heart like? You see, the human heart, it is like soil. Jesus explained that in the parable which James just read for us in Mark chapter 4. I encourage you guys to go back and revisit that. It's so much truth. If you guys are into studying the scriptures, which I hope you are, <laughs> that truth of that parable ties into almost all the parables Jesus ever shared with us. So, seed is God's word, right? And we see that clearly in the Gospels. Four soils. We talked about the hard one there. Um, those are those who that resist the Gospel. Jesus has made the way. I don't want nothing to do with him. I don't want to hear that. My heart is hard, right? And they talked about the stony soil, okay, shallow emotional response. There's no depth, there's no fruit that comes of it. Kind of just like a stem, right? Yeah, that's all you grow. There's no, nothing's there, you know, <laughs> nothing's happening. Um, and then the thorny, okay, uh, that's where uh, you have a soil, the word takes root, begins to grow, but what ends up happening? It's growing up among the thorns which choke it out. It's the cares of this life, it's those who care about anything else but what should really matter, right? Which is God bringing him glory. We're your creation. What do you want? Well, I want what I want, and I want to be rich. I want this. I want that career. Blah, 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 blah. This can go on and on. Okay, the cares of this life. We see it happen all the time, right? And then the good soil, okay? That's where the word would be planted and is able to take root, okay? And grow and then bear fruit, Right? And aren't we told in John 15 that God's will, like his desire, is that we would bear much fruit? Much fruit. Not just a little bit. This is what he wants. If we're abiding in him, we're going to bear fruit. Well, how do we abide in him? Well, we got to receive the word, don't we? That's how we grow. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word is so important in us bringing forth Fruit. That's why we take the word so seriously here at Freedom Fellowship. Okay, that's why we're taking time this morning just to even consider the importance of the word because we see that it is vital in our relationship with God. So the human heart, guys, um, it needs the word of the Lord. But I also think that you can take the parable one step further. You see, we have all four soils that are represented in our hearts. For a good example of this, guys, uh, the Lord speaks to our hearts about things, you know, and, and our hearts will say, yes, that's right. That sounds good. I'm all about that. Okay, that's, that's a good heart, right? That's able to receive the word in such a way, you know. And even, hey, worship, hey, that's good. It's exciting to worship. I love reading the Psalms and these praises to God. I like that. Wives, submit to your husbands. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Or tithing. Oh, oh, God, you can have my life, but not my money. Like, you guys, I think there's areas in our hearts where we are able to receive some things, but other things we don't even want to talk about. We don't want to go there. You see, I believe there are times parts of our hearts can be hard. So God wants us to have that type of heart that has an immediate response, that we receive the word. And you say, yeah, you're right, God. I receive, I trust, I'll obey. <clears throat> but sometimes, guys, um, there are hearts that respond just emotionally 
Okay, maybe they're convicted. Okay, there's an excitement hearing truth, the word, the goodness of God, but it's never followed through with because it was just an emotional thing. And then we have all experienced what is like to have a, a good intentions, yet we get distracted about the cares or the responsibilities of life, those thorns. We get ministered to, convicted, moved. We promise to make changes, to do something. You know, we've seen people come to know Jesus, maybe. <laughs> they start off with a bang, right? But then they, you know, allow the cares of this world to get choked out, okay? All the stuff of this life, and there's never no fruit. And we ask the question, were they ever really saved? We can't really judge that. God only knows the heart. But it's just like, hey, where's the fruit? That's something God does call us to do in Scripture is to be fruit inspectors. Where's the fruit? And I love you guys enough to come alongside you and say, hey, bro, sis, what's going on? Where's the fruit in your life? God has good things for you. You profess Christ. You know, what is he calling you to? How can I help? How can I encourage you? So, uh, the best is when our heart, of course, is like a fertile field, okay? God's word takes root and we bear fruit. That's really our purpose in life. So our purpose on earth is to bring glory to God and to bear spiritual fruit. So here's the thing that many of us fail to realize. It's that we have a part to play in what the soil is of our hearts, what it's going to be like if it will receive seed. So we see a great illustration of what it looks like uh, in our text this morning, which will be in Acts chapter 17 again. Okay, and we're also going to look a little bit into the life of Ezra uh, this morning. So we note in our study last time in Acts 17, it kind of chronicle, well, it does chronicle uh, a response of three cities to the gospel, what they did with it. Thessalonica, they resisted, right? There were some Jews that we were told there believed, a great multitude of the Greeks, uh, women, um, and so on. But overall, the city was resistant to the gospel. And then the last city he comes uh, to in this chapter is Athens. And they ridiculed the gospel uh, to intellectual, philosophical, um, to receive. And we're going to be covering that in two weeks from now. And I encourage you guys to read ahead, study through that. Really good word uh, for us. I think relates big time to today. But in between the two, Paul finds himself in Berea. And that's where we're going to find ourselves this morning. Berea, the message there was received. The church becomes an example to the rest of us how we should approach God's word. Look at verse 10 here in Acts 17. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Okay, So think about it for a minute, about Paul, what he's been through on this second missionary journey of his. Okay, His missionary trip here, he's imprisoned in Philippi. Uh, he's left in Thessalonica. We're told that his life was in peril. Um, under the cover of night, Paul and Silas are uh, to leave the city, and they went to Berea, which is 45 miles away, so quite a hike once again. I think most men would abandon their post by now, right? Really, God? 
again, another, I, how many times are we going to do this? We know what's going to happen, okay? They're going to want to kill us. Um, I love a quote by uh, David Livingston. He was asked uh, where he was prepared to go, and he answered this. He said, I am prepared to go anywhere as long as it's forward. It's always stuck with me. Are we going forward? What are we looking forward to? Because there's a lot of different seasons in life. Sometimes we get knocked down, but man, a righteous man will get back up, right? That's what we're told in scriptures. God's got us. And I love the picture. I love the picture of when Peter was just sinking. We have seasons in life that are just hard. You guys remember when he was going through the storm? Okay, His faith begins to waver. He begins to sink. And he just cries out, God help. And immediately God picked him up. And God had a plan for Peter. And he did some awesome things for the Lord, guys. And we always need to be moving forward. Even when we're sinking, what do we do? We cry out to the Lord. We keep moving forward. So the idea of turning back, it never really occurred to Paul. He just kept going, didn't he? Um, Energizer apostle, right? Uh, (laughs) So a bright spot in the darkness here in Berea. Okay, they're going on this missionary journey trip okay the gospel's being resisted big time but they come to berea and they find something different here and as it was paul's pattern he went to the synagogue of the jews um, and he was very blessed by what he discovers look at verse 11 these were more fair-minded than those in thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and search the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Now, there is something that I want you guys to note here about Berea. It kind of signals for us a change in the pattern that we've seen with Paul so far. We noted last week, Paul's pattern was to go into a major metropolitan area, um, population center, to reach that city, and then let the church of that city then reach the surrounding communities but here paul does something different paul goes uh, off the beaten path berea was not a major highway like thessalonica or athens was it was on the byway it was a city that was off the beaten path but the people that he meets there became synonymous with being lovers of god's word so a lesson for you and i it is great to have a plan in a pattern, but if you remain yielded to the Holy Spirit, your life will be full of pleasant surprises. That's why the Spirit-filled, led life is a good thing, guys. So when we are blessed today, uh, because Paul was open of being directed by the Spirit of God, so the first thing that we're told about these people is that they were more fair-minded or they were noble-minded in some translations. Okay, so these Bereans, they were noble-minded. Another translation puts it this way. They were of a beautiful mind. I like that. So the word, uh, the world thinks that fundamentalists, uh, us evangelical Christians, uh, is not a person to be regarded and respected as intellectual. They are frowned upon, looked down upon, ridiculed, the word fundamentalist has become derogatory word in many circles today. Are you one of those fundamentalists? Have you ever had anybody ask that? Oh, you're a Christian? You're a fundamentalist? Yeah! 
I am. You see, the word fundamentalist speaks of the fundamental truths of the Christian faith. Yeah, I'm a Christian. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Anyways, uh, <laughs> you're, you're a fundamentalist if you believe that the, the scriptures are the ins, you know, inspired, inherent word of God. I believe every word from Genesis 1 1 all the way to the Revelation is God breathed. It is his word. Yes, I believe it. I'm a fundamentalist. And if you hold on to the faith that you practice, you're a fundamentalist. So you can say proudly, yes, I am. It's okay to be a fundamentalist. So the world looks down on a person who actively embraces the scripture. Okay? But the Bible says, you are of a beautiful mind. I love that. The world may come against us and say you're foolish. But God says what? No, you have a beautiful mind. It's a beautiful thing if you trust me, if you believe these things. I love it. And I love the Bereans here, okay? They're noble in God's sight. So in God's sight, the Bereans had a beautiful mind because of their approach to the Word of God. How do you approach the Word of God? And that's really the one question when I talk about churches, when people ask me, hey, do you know of a good church? I live here or there, you know? The one thing I ask about the ministry is, hey, how do they approach God's word? That's the most important thing. Um, So we see here, these guys, man, they received it with all readiness, right? They were ready. Hey, (laughs) these guys showed up. They're going to speak to us. We're ready to hear the word of God. So there was an eagerness, a rushing forward. They can't wait to get into it. And that is how they approach the study of the scriptures. So the heart of the Bereans, an eagerness to study the word of God. And we're told they search the scriptures how often? Once a week on Sunday when the pastor had done a bunch of work all week preparing a good message and they would just come and be spoon-fed. Oh, your translations didn't say that? Mine either. It said they search the scriptures when? Daily. Daily. How many guys? How many times have you guys heard me tell you study the word, be in the word every day, man? It's what we need to live on. It is our food as believers. We need the word of God. So they would search the scriptures daily to search, to examine, to scrutinize, to investigate. Okay, kind of like forensic science. How many guys like the shows like CSI? I haven't watched that one, but I like NCIS. Anyways, they look at the evidence, right? They look into to find out, try to figure things out. You know, hey, we're going to turn over every leaf, every rock. We want the evidence. A lot of Christians don't do that today. They don't study it out. I mean, on the back of the bulletins today, you guys got room to take notes. I mean, how many different scriptures have we thrown out this morning? We're just getting started here. I hope you guys go and you study these things out. Look into it more. Is what being said right? And I challenge you guys. I've never told you guys, take my word for it. No. You've been encouraged what? Hey, we've had a good study today. You, it's on you to go study it out. Make sure what's being taught is right according to God's word. Not what your buddy thinks. Not what a denomination might teach. What does God say? But the problem is, we don't do that a whole lot. And a big problem today 
There's not a whole lot of churches that are teaching the way like we have chosen to approach the Word of God here at Freedom. You guys know we inductively study the Scriptures. We're just going through the book of Acts, verse by verse. Why do we do that? I'm glad you guys asked. Turn to Isaiah chapter 28 with me. And why are we turning to Isaiah 28? Why would anybody study the prophets? Old Testament, what's the point in that? Well, that's what we've been doing for the last two years in our Thursday morning men's Bible study. Okay, we're on a third way going through the entire Bible. And there's just a richness, there's a depth there. We're taking in the Word of God, and it's just good. Even the middle part of Isaiah, there's a lot of good stuff. And we read that, or we read in chapter 28 just this last Thursday with the men, and it totally provoked me because I knew I was going to be teaching about the Bereans. And this is an approach we take here at Freedom Fellowship. It says in verse 9 of Isaiah 28, Whom will he teach knowledge? And whom will make to understand the message? Those just weaned from a milk, a baby? Those just drawn from the breasts? And then he says in verse 10, For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Now for any of you guys who've stuck to studying the whole of Scripture, you've been faithful, you're mature in Christ, you've grown a lot in the Lord. Why? Because God says that's how you're going to grow. That's how we're going to know what's right. Here a little, there a little. I don't know how much longer we have. I hope God allows us here at Freedom Fellowship to be able to go through the entire Bible together, verse by verse. I think that would be really, really, really cool. Um, we got a good chunk of it done. <laughs> uh, but it's one of those things we take inductive study seriously. A lot today, I love listening to podcasts, but honestly, even the teachers I enjoy that are good Bible teachers, so much is of, of it's deductive. They're not just doing precept upon precept. Okay? They're picking and choosing, hey, I, I think this is what people need to hear. Okay? Well, we're told that all of Scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by God for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete for every good work. So God says that all of his word is going to make us fruitful, right? And that's what God wants. He wants to be glorified. How is that going to happen? Well, studying all of Scripture. But if we just pick and choose what we want to study, you know, well, hey, maybe I'll have this together, but I'm missing some parts. And I don't know about you guys, but I like when something's complete. I like riding my bicycle when all the parts are there. <laughs> okay, It's not fun falling down and getting hurt. And this is something God, but did you guys catch it? Okay, here a little, there a little. We're in a society, we want everything now. That's why these cute little devotionals, okay, I ask, hey, you've been studying the scriptures? Yeah, I read my daily bread every day. <laughs> cute little story. It's not studying the word of God, is it? But that's what everybody wants. They want to be spoon-fed. I don't want to take the time to dig to do the work, to study it out for myself. I just want someone else to tell me. 
They've done all the work. And let me tell you what, they're blessed for doing it. And they're just sharing some of the highlights, some of the good stuff. You know, in this week of preparation for this study this morning, honestly, guys, probably three-fourths of what I could share is not going to be shared. I'm just sharing some highlights, some main points here. I wish we had four or five hours to hang out together, but we don't. (laughs) But it's on us to be like the Bereans. Hey, let's go back. Let's study these things out ourselves. Okay? In November, we're going to have an inductive Bible study uh, seminary. And what do I mean by inductive Bible study? I use the word a lot of churches teach deductively. Well, they'll grab a topic. Okay? Everybody in America here is very consumer-based. It's all about us. It's about our lives and us being happy in our marriages, being happy in our finances, being good. Well, let's talk into those topics all the time. And a pastor will grab the scriptures and pull a verse here and a verse there. And if you study the word, you'll begin to see quickly that sometimes those verses are totally taken out of context. It's not even what God was talking about. But it's what we want to talk about, and this is what we want in our life, and we're going to make the Word of God fit into what we want. I think that's backwards. I think the Scriptures teach us that that's backwards. We approach the Scriptures inductively because what we want to do is we want to take His Word, what He has declared, what He has said, and fit our lives into that. And that's how we grow. That's how we mature. So I encourage you guys this morning, study the Word of God. Take it serious. There are going to be a lot of benefits. November 3rd and 4th, we got Brooke and Wayne Gornson coming in. They're on the mission field. He's a pastor who planted a church down in Iowa 30 years ago. We got to know him. A lot of you guys know John and Marilyn Beard. They do the ranch down in uh, Ranch Oasis for Youth uh, down in Honduras. I'm on the board for that ministry and stuff. Just a neat family. Loving the Lord. But something is, even now that they're on the mission field, Wayne and Brooke, and they're all over the world, uh, they're discipling, they're teaching, they have a heart for the importance of just inductively studying the scriptures. And it's good for us. It's healthy. Well, it's not what I need. No, God knows what you need. Do you guys believe that God's ordained his word? The Holy Spirit has really put down what is needed. Yeah. And if it's all profitable, what should we do with it? We should take it serious. We should study it. So I encourage you guys, come out for that seminar um, that weekend. It's going to be good. Um, A.T. Robertson, uh, he's a Greek scholar. He said this about people of Scotland in his day. He said, in Scotland, people have the Bible open on the preacher um, as he expounds the passage. A fine habit worth imitating. I like that. So having the Bible open on me. I like that. Um, Yeah. So when we receive the word, guys, we should be ready to hear it. And then we go home and we do further study of it. Test it. Make sure that what I am saying is true. Make sure. One of the hardest things I had to deal with when I was up in Outagamie County Jail for six years as a chaplain was all the bad teaching Christians had received in their lifetime. Because you guys know me, I don't really care what a person thinks. <laughs> what does God think? 
And as a chaplain, I'd get requests from a lot of Christians. I love the guys that would request, hey, I've never read the Bible before. I've never been to church before. I'm a mess. I know I'm a sinner. What do you got? Yeah, I loved that, you know. But the hard ones were sitting down with people who had some really bad theology, some really bad ideas about how God works, who he is, how salvation works, how to get to heaven. And it was a lot of deprogramming because it was one of those things. I'd sit down and I'd begin to share some truths. And I'm like, I don't believe that. Really? What do you think? I think this. Really? Can you show me in the Bible <laughs> where that's true? You guys, it doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter our opinions. It doesn't matter what our faith is. What matters is what God thinks and what he's declared. And that's why it's good to study. I see so many people in the church today that love God. They really love the Lord. They love him deeply. But when it comes to scriptures, they're clueless. And because of it, they're just being tossed to and fro in this world. They're not growing at the same place they were when they came to know Christ 20 years ago. And they're just getting beat up. They're missing it. And it's because they haven't taken the time to seek the Lord. You see, guys, we need to put ourselves in that place. So we need to be those that are willing to put in the time, the work. And Paul, I love it. Paul must be thrilled here, right? that this was their practice. What, you're ready to hear? You actually want to hear? And you're not just going to take my word for it. You're actually going to go to God? You're going to actually go and see what he has to say? I think Paul was pretty stoked. Now, the Berean church stands out to believers throughout history as a great example of students of the word of God. So what we see in the church in Berea, we see in an individual uh, from the Old Testament. I want to talk a little bit about Ezra this morning. Of course, you guys know Ezra. He was a scribe who was instrumental in Israel, um, uh, relocate spiritually in Jerusalem after a 70-year exile, being enslaved to Babylon, right? God used him along with Nehemiah to bring a spiritual revival of the day to Israel. You can jot down Ezra 7, 9. It gives a great description of who he was as a man. It says, the good hand of his God was upon him. So the good hand of the Lord was upon Ezra's life. God blessed him, gave him strength, gave him direction, gave him protection for the task at hand. Now I think we can trace the blessing of God upon the life of Ezra in chapter 7, verse 10, okay, this describes what Ezra was all about. It tells us this, and it tells us the why. Listen carefully. For Ezra had prepared his heart, prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach the statues and ordinances in Israel. Pretty simple, huh? So like the Bereans, Ezra had a heart for the word of God. It's probably one common thread that we have here at Freedom Fellowship. People that call us, you know, Freedom, their church family, their home, there's a love for the word of God. Okay, there's just a desire. Hey, I want to know 
what God has to say. I want to do it. So you listen to God's love for you. It's not affected whether or not you read the Bible. You guys know that? God's not going to love you more if you study more. You know that? He just loves us. That's what I love about God. He just loves us. His love is constant, but reading the Bible is very important for our spiritual health. It is good for us. That's why God has given it to us, and we, brothers and sisters, enjoy the privilege of being able to even have a Bible. You guys know that there are many in the world that have no Bible. Okay? I told you guys before, I got to pray with Shalom earlier this morning and stuff. And we were praying. She prays for this brother Johnson all the time. And she was asking, is he dead? You know, where is he? Can we go see him? Well, he's a missionary in India. I'm like, baby, it would be a very long plane flight, you know. And I think he's still alive. I think he's still giving Bibles to people that never have heard about Jesus, you know. So she prays about brother Johnson all the time. But what a privilege we have, okay. We're not going to get thrown in prison if we're caught with this book or even killed. A lot of us have, you know, a dozen of these at home. And there's people in the world, man, that are laying down their lives just to get a hold of a copy. You know, we are super blessed and we take it for granted. You know, I share the gospel a lot at the pantry on Wednesdays with people. You know, and it's one of those things I tell them, read your Bibles. You know, you got one? Yeah, everyone's got a Bible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> read it. Read it. So, the Word of God. Okay, there's so many promises, benefits, effects to being a student of the Word of God. Jot down Joshua 1.8. It says, The book of the law, it shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So God's promise to Joshua is really God's promise to us, okay? Problem with a lot of Christians is they just don't read the Word of God. They're lazy, okay? And to be honest, guys, I'm not going to just put it on us being lazy. There is an enemy that's very much alive, okay? And he does not want us reading the Scriptures. That's the last thing he wants anyone to do. That's just the truth. So it's our laziness. It's the enemy trying to keep us from growing and doing and glorifying God. Um, so a lot of us view the Bible like men view, uh, instructional manuals. Okay? Oh no, I have an emergency. <laughs> I'm going to look. What does God say about this? And don't we have those cute little you know, things in our Bibles like, hey, if you're sad, turn here. <laughs> if you're grieving, turn here. If your marriage is on the rocks, turn here. You know, <laughs> to be honest with you guys, just daily study of the scriptures, like it's been so cool. God has me in the most odd. I got to share out of Ecclesiastes yesterday at a funeral. You know, Ecclesiastes, is that a book in the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> and there's really good stuff. We read that, what, probably two months ago in our men's Bible study. And there's scriptures in there that I'm still being blessed by two months later. Things in my own personal life that those cute little devotionals would never take you to those scriptures. But it's something when you study for yourself. Have you guys ever found when you study it yourself, it's easier for you to own it? Like, oh, God revealed this to me. This is so cool. I've been praying over this. I've been praying these scriptures in. I've been studying them out. 
And there's so much depth. This is good. This is rich. You know? Like, I know Bible studies on Sunday mornings, they're good. They're rich. But let me tell you what, guys. When you do it yourself, it means so much more. It's yours. You get to own it. And that's the beauty of the scriptures, guys. God is always speaking. There's always so much there. So I encourage you guys, dig in. Don't wait until it's emergency time. Okay? You ever get a new gadget? A new phone? Some of us get a new phone every year, right? Instead of reading the manual, what do you do? Forget that. I'm going to figure this out myself, you know? Don't we have a tendency to do that? Yeah. Well, my wife's not up here. If she was up here, she'd say, yeah, Landon never uses a manual. Get a toy for the kid or something. Who needs that? You know? Let's just go. But I've learned my lesson. I use them more and more now sometimes. Anyways. <laughs> um, but that's our mentality, isn't it? I can just figure it out. I can just figure it out. Now, most gadgets have warning labels, don't they? Stop. Don't do this. Okay? Um, somewhere someone did. <laughs> Broke or whatever. So some warning labels, they make sense, but some are really weird, which means someone out there did something. Sued. One. Now we have labels. Right? Uh, I had fun this week. I'm only sharing a few funny labels I found. <laughs> Some example of weird warning labels out there. Uh, there was a warning on an electric router made by uh, some carpenters. This product not intended for use as a dental drill. So some guy somewhere had a toothache, <laughs> you know, or maybe his wife did. <laughs> Hey, babe, come here. <laughs> Don't have to go to the dentist. I can fix that. Um, another one was on a cartridge of laser, uh, laser anchor for laser printer. Do not eat toner. Seriously? Some geek one afternoon got hungry? <laughs> it's like <laughs> Microwave warning. Do not use for drying pets. Um on a box of rat poison. Warning, has been found to cause cancer in laboratory mice. <laughs> Duh. Uh, warning label found on a baby stroller. On a baby stroller, uh, cautions the user to remove child before folding. <laughs> um, prescription for sleeping pills stating, warning, may cause drowsiness. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping so. <laughs> um, a household iron warns, never iron clothes while being worn. <laughs> um, <laughs> this one's good. Uh, a child-sized uh, si uh, child Superman costume. Warning, wearing this costume does not enable you to fly. <laughs> you know, there's some kid hurt out there. <laughs> like, what happened? So those are some weird war warnings, right? <laughs> So the Bible also has warnings and admonitions, but they're not weird, are they? They're super practical. We have a Heavenly Father that loves us, who cares about us, cares about our well-being. Okay, He hasn't spoken these things to be a joy kill, to rip us off because He's some mean God out there that doesn't want us to enjoy life. No, He wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to prosper. That really is the heart of the Word. Okay, it's not just about warnings and instructions. It's really about knowing God. That's the greatest thing. 
And as we study the scriptures, that's how we get to know him. Really, pastor? Yeah. What's the first (laughs) uh, scripture that we find in the Gospel of John? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's the Logos. He is the Word. This is how we get to know him, to know his heart. We study the scriptures. You see, Ezra believed that, affected by his approach to the word, he prepared his heart in three ways. First of all, Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. Okay, idiom for the whole word. Preparation is a part of life. Are you prepared? Okay. Our kids go to elementary school and then middle school and then high school. And then you need to go to college because you need to prepare even more for a career, okay? And we're always learning. We're always preparing. So we prepare. And once we have that career, what do we do? We prepare to go to work every day, right? We get up. Some of us shower, Lord willing. Some of us shave. Okay, we plan our day. We check our appointments, Most of you prepared to come here today. You got out of bed. You clothed yourself. You took showers. Thank you. You did your hair. Some of us didn't have to do our hair, makeup. Anyways, we're grateful, right? But the most important question is, have you prepared your heart today to come and receive the word? That's the most important thing, isn't it, guys? Are we prepared? Are we prepared? A lot of times we just say, hey, I just want to be spoon fed. Just want to. Guys, when I take in a conference or I listen to a teaching, like, hey, I'm going to study through this passage, or I know this pastor is going to be teaching on this, I normally spend time reading through the text myself, praying through it first. God ministers to my heart, and then when I hear another brother share, man. It's like dessert. God's already spoken to my heart, and there's some things that I might have missed or some things that he might have, you know, bring to light even more. Like, oh, I can't believe I missed that. That's so good. That's so awesome. We need to be in that place of being prepared, right? So what does it mean to prepare your heart to seek the word? Well, for me, it often translates into finding a quiet place. I need that time to be still. This morning I got up extra early. I got little bitties at home. I need that quiet time. I got it for about 10 minutes before Shalom was up. (laughs) But there's that, we just got to make that space, that quiet time to be with Jesus. My world is often really distracting, so I need to put away my cell phone. There's times I just got to turn it off. I can't even be on my computer because messages are popping up. I just need time to be still, to prepare, to be with Jesus. Coming to church, okay? I try not to rush, because mornings that I'm rushed, I feel it throughout the entire service. I want that time just, hey, I, I made time, I left early, I got here early, I don't feel rushed, okay? I'm, I'm in that sweet spot with Jesus. Uh, I pray in the car as I'm coming here. Shalom came with me this morning. We prayed in the car on the way here. We prayed when we got here. See, we just, you know, worship is a huge part, guys, of being prepared. So, what if I miss worship? What if I get here late to church? Okay? 
Well, worship, it's good. God is worthy, okay? Worship's not just a buffer to get our hearts right for the message, but it does help us prepare our hearts to receive the message, doesn't it? It does. So, be in that place. Be ready. And Satan's so good at distracting, isn't he? He is so good at distracting. So don't get robbed. Turn off your phones, okay? You, you are not the most important thing in the world. Just to let you guys know. <laughs> You're not. I love you guys, <laughs> but we are not the most important thing, okay? Just turn the phone off. Seek the Lord. And that's why it's so good, you know, church. Why is this unique? Because we're taking time out. There's not distractions. We're taking time just to seek the Lord together, to read his word, to study this stuff out. It's good. Because when I'm studying, I'm listening to a sermon throughout the week. I got my earbuds in, you know, playing my iPhone podcasts. You know, oh, I just got a text. You know, oh, there's so-and-so. Oh, what did you want? <laughs> you know, it's always something going on, right? So it's good just to have that time, just to hear the word. Second thing I want you guys to catch with Ezra, he prepared to, his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. So not only did Ezra prepare his heart to seek the Lord, but part of his preparation involved preparing his heart to do whatever the Lord spoke to him. Have you come here this morning? Okay, we're going to be in Acts 17 this morning. Lord, whatever you say, I'm going to do it. Oh, bummer. We're talking about these Bereans. God, I don't have time to study. Or have you, hey, I haven't been studying like I should. Lord, I'm ready. I'm prepared. I'm just going to do this. You spoke it. Not because pastor made a good case on why studying the word of God is important and a good thing for me to spiritually grow, spiritually healthy. No, it's just what God said. And I'm just going to do it. I love that about Ezra. Whatever the Lord spoke to him, he was going to do it. So in other words, Ezra approached the word of God, not from the standpoint of only gaining information, but from the standpoint of applying that information to his life. I'm going to do it. And that is always an effective approach to studying the Word of God. So in fact, I think sometimes the Lord's reluctant to give to us guys instruction or further instruction about something because we haven't done what He's already asked. Okay, Pastor, I just can't hear the Lord. I just don't know what to do. Keep praying. I've used those cute little devotionals that told me what to do. It's just not working. <laughs> And a lot of times I'll say to you what? Well, what else has God asked you to do? Have you been faithful? Have you done what he's asked you to do? No, I don't want to do that. But I want to know what he wants about this. Well, sometimes, guys, I don't think he's going to speak about that until you're faithful and you've done what he's already asked you to do. Again, if you observe to do according to all that is written in it, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. James 1.22, but be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving yourselves. How many people just go through the motions? They even study the scriptures. They're always listening and hearing and studying, but they never do the word of God. You're just deceiving yourselves. That's all you're doing. And then he goes on to tell us in James, verse 23 to 25, it says, those who hear God's teaching 
and do nothing are like people who look at themselves in a mirror. They see their faces and they go away quickly, forget what they looked like. But truly happy people are those who carefully study God's perfect law that makes people free. And they continue to study it. They do not forget what they've heard, but they obey God's teaching. And those who do this will be made happy. Wow! And aren't we forgetful, guys? What did pastor preach on yesterday? What should I be doing today? (laughs) Study the word, guys. (laughs) We need it because it's a good reminder, a constant reminder. You know, I love it. I purposely picked up a smaller Bible just a couple months ago. Why? Because I can have it on my person. I get to carry it around. Okay, I thought this great technology, this Bible app, these hundreds of translations for me. It'd be so much easier to pick up the scriptures. For me personally, guys, just having the book, just having paper pages is such a difference because I don't open up my app and go to the scriptures. But when I have the book on me, I find myself, even at stoplights once in a while, don't tell anybody. <laughs> but if it's a long, like you know it's going to be a long one, hey, let's read a quick psalm, you know? But it's just when it's there, you can be taken in the word. And I need that throughout the day. I need to be, because I'm so quick to forget. I feel like that man in the mirror. Oh yeah, I get it. And then I turn away and I totally forget. I totally forget. That's why we go back. I even listen to some old sermons I preached. I'm like, oh, I totally forgot all of that. <laughs> How much time did I put in preparing and then teaching it? And then I forget something I just taught a few months back? Really? Guys, we need to be in the Word. So, um, Ezra prepared his heart to respond to God's instructions. And then the third thing, we'll start wrapping this up. Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach the statues and ordinances in Israel. So after receiving the, from the Lord, his desire was to, to teach others. That really is one of the keys of growing in this way okay so you take what the lord has spoken to you what he's taught you and then you teach it to others you teach it to your kids husbands you bathe your wives with it okay the pure water of the word we're told to do that okay that's what we're called to do or we share it with whoever is willing to listen and A big thing, guys, your appetite for the Word of God is going to grow. It's going to grow. You guys know I love the Word of God. And I think a big part of it is because I get to teach it. I get to share it with others. If you guys hung out with me, my family can attest to this. I'm a pretty quiet guy. I don't have a whole lot to say. I'm not a storyteller. The only time I can talk for long periods of time is when I'm talking about God's Word. (laughs) That's what I love. Okay? And that's just something I think God does in believers. Okay? And he wants us to be those that are sharing what we're learning. We're called to go make disciples. Teach others what you know. So if you're not feeling well, he will ask you how your appetite is doing. Because he knows a healthy person what has a hungry appetite. If you don't have a hunger for the word of God, you're spiritually not well. Okay? 
There's something off. There's something wrong. Well, how do you get well? You start eating well. Okay? Oh, good. I'll study the Bible today and tomorrow and the next day, and then I'm going to be better. No. <laughs> if you've been sick for a while, it's going to take a while to get that hunger back, that appetite. You see, the thing about the Bible, the more you feast on it, the more hungry you get. So you lost your appetite. What have you been feasting on instead of it? That's the question. What else have you been feasting on? It could be literally food, <laughs> TV. You know, hey, it's summer. You know, I'm outside as much as I can be doing this and that. Oh, make time every day, guys. Study the word. Learn to prepare your heart. Seek it. Do it. Teach it. And you will prosper and have good success. So, that's what happened in Berea, right? The effect of God's word. Look at verse 12. Therefore, many of them believed, right? They received the word. They went back to the scriptures to find out if those things were true. And were told that they believed. Many of them believed. And not a few Greeks. Prominent men and women as well. So I love little bitty words as you study the scriptures. They're very important in studying the Bible. Okay? And the most important is the word therefore. Did you catch that in verse 12? Therefore, many of them believed. Why? Because they wanted to receive the word. They wanted to. You know? How many people just walk in off the streets because they want to hear the word of God? Not a lot of people want that. Okay, wouldn't that be cool if people were coming up? Hey, are you a Christian? I see you with your compact Bible. <laughs> Can you tell me about your God? Can you tell me about what God has said? Wouldn't that be cool? Doesn't happen a whole lot. I like hanging out in coffee shops, you know. And even if I'm studying on my computer, I always just purposely lay out my Bible. Not to be spiritual. Oh, look at that guy. He's spiritual. He has a Bible. No, I'm hoping because it has happened through the years, people have just come up and asked questions just because they saw a Bible. You know? So, it's one of those things, guys. These believed because they were ready to receive. So, therefore, is hinging on two thoughts together the response of their approach to the word that was preached was that many believed, so believed, to think to be true or persuaded of, to credit, to place confidence in, to rest your weight fully upon something, so many believed and continued on in Christ. So where God's word is working, Satan always seeks to oppose. Okay? Oppose. He doesn't like that. To be honest with you guys, I've struggled in ministry. Okay, It's not always easy, but I read the scriptures. Guess what? God never said it was going to be easy. Have you guys read that scripture yet? You know, Hey, follow me and your life is going to be awesome <laughs> all the time. You're never going to have a trial. You're never going to go through a tribulation. Have you guys read that scripture yet? Me neither. What you won't find in those cute little devotionals is where Timothy says, hey, you who desire to live godly, you shall suffer persecution. <laughs> hey, you want to enter the kingdom of God? It's going to be through tribulation. <laughs> where are those? Hey, that's what the word says. It's part of life. 
You know, but in ministry as we're serving, we should expect that it's going to be hard, that Satan's going to come against that. You know, and there is those temptations he brings. Hey, the grass is greener over there. Why don't you just do that? Landon, why don't you just get a nine to five? You just deal with your own stuff. You don't have to deal with everybody else's stuff. Go just have an easy life. Make more money. Is that what God has? No. Guys, what matters is what is God asking you to do? What is he asking me to do? Because that's where he gets the glory, right? (laughs) What do you want? Well, if we're not going to him and finding out what he wants, we're not going to know. So many Christians are tossed all around. I don't know what God wants. (laughs) It's pretty simple. You know? It's right here. Study it. Find out. What does it look like to be a mom, a dad? What does it look like to be a spouse? What does it look like to be an employer, to be an employee? What does it look like to be a child of God and to have to walk in a life, a world that is Christ-rejecting, haters of God? What does that look like to be salt and light? We need to study those things out. So, to Scripture here, as we conclude, verse 13, we see Satan opposing, coming against this work. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was being preached by Paul at Berea, what did they do? They came there also and they stirred up the crowds. Like they're following Paul around trying to get him. Is that not the work of Satan? So Satan hates the simple preaching of God's word. He absolutely hates it. That is why he unleashed furious attacks against individuals and ministries that are dedicated to that very thing. So your life, he will seek to hinder you. What do you do? You press on, you keep digging into the scriptures. Last two verses, verse 14 and 15 here. Then immediately the brethren sent to Paul away to go to the sea. Both Silas and Timothy remained there. So those who can, or, yeah, conducted Paul brought uh, him to Athens and receiving a command from Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed. So out of a desire to see the word continue on and be effective in another city, they sent Paul away. So God wants us to get to know him better. Um, many treasures found in his word. So perhaps you're here today and you haven't trusted Christ. Okay, The gospel really is a simple thing. <laughs> Read your Bibles. That's what I told my family yesterday. I got to the funeral for my aunt. Okay, Share the gospel. But the one thing, we didn't do an altar call. Guys, please read the Bible. I don't care if you believe or you don't believe. Please, all of you, go read the Bible. <laughs> That's what I left them with. We need to read. We need to seek. Okay? And the gospel is very simple. You read the scriptures. You don't have to be a theologian to figure out the, the gospel, do you? No. For God so loved the world, <laughs> He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's it. There's nothing you can do. The only thing you can do is believe on Jesus, is to receive that gift of eternal life. And hopefully we recognize that we need a Savior. Yes, I'm a sinner. God, I need forgiveness. (laughs) Please.
forgive me. Please save me. And he's done everything to make that possible. He died in your place upon the cross. He was a perfect man. He did it. He died and he rose again. <laughs> That's why we know it took. It was good. So a lot of people are longing. They want to know what meaning, purpose in life is for them. And I think it's good to search those things out. I want, I want to finish well. I think you guys want to finish well. Okay. Um, while we're here, we're really on a mission. Okay, people need to hear. They need to know. But then there's eternity. In light of eternity, we know hell is real. <laughs> Can't escape that. I mean, it's so simple as we study the scriptures. As we look to it, we see that, yeah, God, you're the key. You're it. The gospel, simply you, Jesus. <laughs> That's it. So, Father, this morning we're thankful for your word once again. We thank you, as the author of Hebrews told us, that the volume of this book, from Genesis to Revelation, that it's all about you, Jesus. You're the Logos. Father, and we thank you that you became flesh, full of grace and truth. And we thank you for your word, which is truth, which is able to sanctify us, that this truth is able to set us free. And Lord, I pray once again for my brothers and sisters that they would be the freest people upon this planet as they study and they learn of your amazing grace. God, that that would free them up, God, just to be what you've called them to be, to have hearts to receive your word willingly, to be quick to act, to trust and obey, to bring you glory in this life, God. That's what it's about. We want to be those who bear much fruit for you, for your kingdom. We pray you do that work and you'd stir up a hunger in us like never before, Lord, to get into your word. I pray that you'd allow us, Father, just sweet fellowship together as we get together that we're able to talk about what we're learning, what we're studying, new things we're seeing, Father, to sharpen each other. I pray that you'd allow more relationships to be built that that may happen here. We just thank you, God, for your word and the privilege we have. Help us to study to show ourselves approved. We ask in your name, Jesus. Amen.